What's going on, everyone? Hope you are well and have had a great week so far and looking forward to the weekend. Great episode for you today. I have Vance Walker on the podcast. He is an absolute beast. If you've uh, seen any of his uh, Instagram uh, stories, he's a two-time back-to-back A&W Junior champion and is now basically destroying all the adults. Uh, him and him in a in a, an elite crop of uh, of teens. So it was it was really great chatting with him, getting his perspective on growing up with Ninja, uh, being young and getting into it, uh, what it's like competing with the other kids of his caliber, and how he deals with uh, stepping it up and competing with adults. So it's very, all very interesting. All the you know the 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 ninjas coming out of the US. Um, if Ninja does continue on for a few more years, it's going to be insane, the the amount of talent that they'll be able to to choose from. So uh, I enjoyed this. He's a very smart kid. I'm very impressed. Um, we we do get some a little bit sidetracked uh, talking about <laughs> investments. Um, we both have uh, some keen interests. So uh, I try to keep it focused around Ninja, um, but I do apologize. Um, yeah, I think you'll enjoy this episode. But before I do go, I have to talk about Aussie Grip. Aussie Grip for Black Friday, I believe, on the 27th of November, are releasing a mystery box. So they're releasing a mystery box. I don't know what's in it. I have no idea. But it's apparently has a whole bunch of new things that no one's ever seen before. And there's only going to be 50 of them. So you're going to have to go in and get it quick. The discount code won't, won't apply for it. Uh, but there's only going to be 50, so if you want to grab it, go and get it, or else anything else in the store, use my code Kadeem10. All right, let's get on with the show. Thank you, uh, thank you so much for coming through on this, man. I, I know I'm sure life's chaotic, man, but I, uh, I really, I really appreciate you. I mean, <laughs> third time, I guess, third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. No, all good, man, all good. Um, so obviously, yeah, my name is Kadeem. Obviously, um, I'm I'm a ninja from obviously from Australia, um, and uh, yeah, I've made contacts or I guess friends with a lot of the American ninjas um, just through a lot of them coming over here for our sort of world of our like finals for our championships, and then from there I've just made some more connection, uh, more friends and more connections. So um, that's yeah. how I sort of met Kai and and and, and a few others um so yeah man I, I appreciate you coming on how was your how was the build what were you what were you doing you're obviously building a backyard course or something or yeah we're currently building the uh i don't know if it's the largest but it is the most expensive backyard rig ever so oh, wow. it's coming in at a hundred thousand dollars so it's, it's really nice we spent the last days today was day three but we took a day off for the in and out on saturday so we spent four days now building. Here we got all of the uh, going on the top up, and tomorrow I think we're going to get some of the holds up, maybe. So it's going pretty good. Yo, is this? Yeah, this big is, rig. Is this? Uh, is this kid really determined to get on the show? <laughs> That's the crazy. kids are around old right now, but their parents. Uh, just wanted to give him a big rig to train on and hopefully get on the show one day. So, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Um, so what I find interesting is, is, you know, in Australia, our, our community is growing. We probably outside of America have the second largest community of ninjas. Uh, and we do have a, I guess, a cohort of kids growing up, but none that have grown up like you guys who have, you know, lived and breathed ninja for the last what 12 years since it's been on. So it's actually quite fascinating watching you guys grow and watching how you're all surpassing all the adults. Um, like I, I genuinely go through some of, uh, you know, yourself and other people's videos. And I, I actually take notes <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's crazy how, how skillful you guys are, all are. So maybe you could tell me about what were you doing when you were younger? Like before, I guess, Ninja for you. I mean, cause how, how old are you? I'm 15. I'm about to turn 16 in a month. So. I swear you're 15 going on 25. Come on, bro. Don't lie to me. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. Oh, you're 15. Jeez. So, yeah. so how long have you been into Ninja for? Like what, what was your first moment of you seeing it? Like how old were you? So I was 10 at the time. Um, I went to a summer camp at Ninja Quest a little over five years ago. Okay. And Brett Sim, he was uh, teaching the class. And I had seen the show, but I hadn't really like thought of ever doing it. Uh, my next door neighbor down the street, his name's Luke Millman. He was on the kids show as well. Okay. Uh, I went over to his house and that's thought on the show for the first time. And we thought, well, that looks fun. We'll see if there's anywhere to like train that near us. And we found Ninja Quest 10 minutes away from our house. So we ended up going there and Brett was just the most awesome teacher I could have ever asked for. So the second we went there, we were like, okay, we're like, we're doing this now. And I had moved to Georgia, Texas around a month before that. Wow. So I played football. I played football in Texas, but moving to Atlanta, it wasn't the same league. So I would have had to like sign up for another thing and, by the time I started it, I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm not good at it at all yet, but I think I'm going to stick with this instead of football because it's a lot more fun than that was. Wow, that's crazy. So 10 years old. Oh, man, if only I started this at 10 years old. It would be, a, it'd be, a, it'd be in a different ball game. So what, yeah. what, uh, what was that like, if you remember, you know, five years ago? was just like being in, you know, I'd imagine it'd be like being in, you know, going to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory and just seeing all these obstacles and like, what, what, what were you able yeah. to do? What did you struggle with? Um, if you struggle with anything, um, can, you, can you tell me about that day? If you remember? Um, I played football for a couple of years before I did Ninja. So I had a little bit of the strength, but none of the techniques actually do the obstacles. So like, at the old Ninja Quest, it was a different location, so the gym was, like, a lot smaller. They didn't have as much obstacles, but there were, like, still a lot of things from the show. Yeah. Uh, I know during we tried the ring toss, which is one of the easiest obstacles that was on the show at the time, and I don't even think I was able to do that. Wow. So I know they had the easy cannonball alley over the foam pit. I got that maybe twice in the whole entire four hours I was there. So I 
wasn't really able to do anything, but just being there and like doing the obstacles that I saw on TV was just so fun that I decided that I was going to get good at them and keep training, even though I was absolutely terrible at the time. Wow, that's crazy. And the thing is like, you can't, I can't even judge you. I mean, you were 10 years old. Like it's like, that's what's, that's what, that's what's so insane. Like, you know, it's the same story of, as an adult coming in. Um, but it's just remarkable, like 10 years old. So you kept going with it. What, what was the first super hard obstacle that you were able to, to achieve that you, that you, um, I wouldn't consider this super hard right now, but back then there were the, uh, devil steps and Mm -hmm. at our, it was like, normal sizes going up and then the last move was like twice as big and then there was one twice as big going down and then normal going down so it probably took me maybe a month or two to be able to get that but that was probably the first somewhat hard obstacle i ever got and okay. then it took me a while to get the 12 foot wall at ninja quest and i remember the first time i got to the top i'm really scared of heights so there was like this fire pole to get down and I was too scared to go down it. So Brett had to climb up there and get me. And after that, it probably took me two more years to be able to get the 14 foot wall just cause I was way too scared to ever try it. So I never really ended up getting any really difficult obstacles until a couple of years on. Wow. And that, you still would have been 12, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So how, how long, how long um so when they when when they decided to introduce a junior version how how long i guess did you have to prepare for i mean obviously you're already a few years in but i guess you it wouldn't have occurred to you that there would even ever have been a junior version so yeah when when you found out they were going to what happened for you in your training like what happened like Tell me, tell me, tell me what was going on. Well, I think they announced that there were going to be submissions in around May, and then the show was actually filmed mid-July, so we had maybe two and a half months to prepare for it. Oh, wow. And we didn't know it was like a side-by-side race until maybe a month or less before it actually filmed, so we were just training whatever we could. We didn't really know like, what the competition was going to be, mm. but... I, I didn't really change my training up until we knew it was going to be like a race, but I did train like a lot more and a lot harder to like prepare for it. But I actually started a YouTube channel specifically for like the kids to kind of have their show because we didn't at the time. Yeah. And it wasn't high quality or anything, but I filmed four or five of the kids at the gym and we would like keep this going just to have some sort of competition for people to watch and for us to compete in. So I, I like to think that that's what inspired the kids show to exist, but I, I don't think it really was. <laughs> oh man. I'm sure, I'm, for a while, I'm, I'm sure you've inspired a lot of kids uh, since then. So, you know, I, I, often, I often ask, you know, the competitors that I've spoken to, you know, take me through that, that first season or that, you know, uh, what it was like for them. So what was, obviously we know what the end results were, but, what was that first day of filming like? Can you take me through what you were going through, sort of how it worked, how you were uh, feeling and leading up to, 
you know, your first sort of, you know, proper televised run. Yeah. Uh, so originally for season one, they announced that they were done giving out calls like a week or two before I ended up getting the call. Mm-hmm. So I think that I was going to be on the show in the first place for a while. But when I finally did get on the show, I was like really nervous for it. And I don't think any of us were really expecting to win. We didn't really know what it was going to be. So when we got there, it was like all a surprise and all like just really fun. We got to like go and see the tour day before and like see all the schools that were set up and then do all the like test shoots for all of the um, B-roll and all that stuff. So we got to like be part of the show before we really competed, which was nice to like get into it a little bit, even though we weren't really doing much. Mm. But when I got there, uh, we weren't allowed to like announce that we had gotten the call yet. So I didn't know who else was going to be there. So when I got there, I would like see some of my friends and be like, hey, and like meet up with them because I didn't know if they were going to be there or not. Yeah. And I would see some like really people. And uh, I like got really scared because they were people that I competed with for so long. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to be up against them. But I didn't really think I ever had a good shot at winning probably until the final four. And I still wasn't really confident in it. I didn't think that I was actually going to win. I was really just there for fun and to be on the show. But yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to like experience being on TV and film all that stuff. Well, uh, so I guess for you, I mean, what, 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 uh, how come you felt you, you had, I guess that self doubt, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's common across a lot of us, but why for you, do you, did you feel that, you know, you weren't potentially good enough to, to, to beat everyone? Well, so there's a league called the national ninja league in America and I had won the first season of that for the kids a couple years before the show mm-hmm. and that's more like, kind of like the actual show where it's like longer courses like stage three kind of stuff mm. so i knew that I was a lot better at like the strength obstacles and like going as fast as you can and trying to finish like the fastest out of everybody mm. so into the, the show i was like really hoping that it would be like the actual show where it's like the multiple stages and the stage four at the end i thought that i would have a really good shot if it was that type of competition Mm. going into it as a speed course i knew that i was like really good and had the strength to like finish the course but i didn't know if i was going to be able to do it like the fastest and christian yost he was the first person that i ran against in season one we had competed together in a team competition he was on the same team as me in atlanta about two years before the show so i knew he was a really good competitor and going up against him first round, like I, I almost lost to him in the first race. And then the second race, if he had gone for any of the links on the shelf grab, he probably would have beaten me right there. Wow. So I, I was absolutely for those races and going on, I was just like, okay, I've, I've won the last race. I'm just going to try to do it again. I didn't like think that I was going to win the whole thing, but I was just trying to keep the streak going as long as I possibly could and hopefully just get there in the end, which luckily I was able to do. Wow. So impressive. Um, it's funny because obviously, you know, sometimes you don't know what people are thinking when they're on the course. And sometimes you do know what they're thinking based on how they, I guess, hold themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't really watched, I, I haven't really watched the junior shows properly. I mean, I have seen a few runs here and there, but I mean, I did see your last run from season two, which was just incredible. Um, so you, 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 you take out the title for season one. 
and I'm sure your mind was, 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 was blown. Did that change your perception of yourself in, in, in regards to, you know, how you, like, did you feel that maybe you were better than other people or did you, how, how did you internalize, I guess, that, that, that victory for good or for bad? <laughs> um, definitely gave me some confidence, like on courses. I don't think it really raised my ego at all or anything, but I know that like the show or the kids show, at least it was like a speed course. And if you didn't go all out, you were going to lose no matter what. So like you had to go as fast possibly could and go for all the big moves or else you were going to lose. And that's kind of what I struggle with even now in the national ninja league. It took me six weeks to qualify. I just qualified this weekend for the elite division because only two spots and it's all like top tier athletes. So it, it's the same thing. If you go all out, you're not going to win either way. Mm. So it's, it's the same as that. And I've really been struggling with that in the elite group with like going all out and confidence on the obstacles. Like I know that I can like blink laches and stuff like that, but in comp is just a lot more scary when you think, well, this is a long course. So if I like the fear that would usually be a win, it's like stacked it for everybody's going for speed. It's kind of not going to work. That. So I definitely think it raised my confidence, like going into other competitions, but not like, to the point where I like go for moves on anything and like know that I was going to make something at all times. Mm, interesting. No, I think that's, I think that's a, a really good, I guess. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. I think a that's a, a very good, uh, all good. Yeah. Awesome. No, I think it's a great perspective uh, to have. I mean, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say I've have a, a, a host of a, uh, accomplishments from ninja but i think you know i've been in it long enough where you know you, you you start to realize you need to have a you need to maintain a certain mindset uh if you want to actually get better and um you know it's taken me a long time to wrap my head around that so i'm glad you know you yeah. being so young are able to to understand that because it just means the sky's the limit and i still i'm still wrapping my yeah. head you're 15 i'm still trying to to fathom that just so, <laughs> you have so many years ahead. It's awesome. Um, so yeah. you, you finished season one. Um, how, how did you, did you, did you do anything differently leading into the, the second season that they announced or um, I mean, have, did the obstacles progress more? Like were, were they harder than the first one? Season two was definitely, the course was longer and the obstacles were more difficult, which I'm surprised. Uh, my runs from season one and season two were both the exact same time, 23.9 seconds. Oh, wow. So that just shows how much I improved the season two because the course was a lot longer and a lot harder. The sky hooks, like you had to take a backswing on them. You couldn't link them. So that just shows the amount of progress. But for season two, going into it for over a year, I knew it was going to be a speed course because of what season one was. So I had that whole entire year for it. And I actually went from probably being one of the best ninjas at like endurance courses, like stage three kind of stuff to probably one of the worst just because I was doing so many speed courses for the <laughs> show. Like all of my endurance and all of my strength from that. But I gained a lot of power, a lot of speed, which after the show, that's kind of what I lost again training for the long courses. So 
I definitely increased my speed course training. Me and Tate Allen and Luke Millman, uh, almost every single day at the gym, would set up three different speed courses, run each of them seven times, and try to like improve your time on every run, just to prepare for the show. And like, even if we knew we probably couldn't go for this weird link, we would try it as many times as we could just to see if it was doable and like push our own comfort zones just preparing for the show because we knew it was going to be really hard with everybody else also training for a year in advance oh yeah of course and i mean um like you know you know you're a part of that cohort that has been training ninja for x amount of years so i guess you know it's always like it's always you know who's trying trying to stay on top um when yeah. there's so there's so much competition yeah i can imagine how how tricky that that must be um and how how are you feeling going into season two um, as an athlete? Like, were you feeling more confident? Were you just backing yourself more? Like, how, how did you how did you manage yourself? Um, going into season two, I was definitely more confident in like my ability to win because mm-hmm. I knew season. I somehow won in season two. I knew I was like a lot more prepared than I was then. Mm-hmm. So I not more confident that I would win, but more confident that I was like ready for it. So going into season two, the same thing happened to season one where they like announced that they were done with calls a couple of weeks before they called me. So I like didn't know if I was going to be on or not. I knew that they would probably call me because I won season one. Yeah, you but know. I also <laughs> didn't. They would like elect back on because I had already won but um I was definitely a lot more nervous because I had the pressure of like coming back and everybody like expecting you to do well Mm. so I was a lot the beginning but like as it went on it was kind of like season one where like you got like okay I've I've won this far I'm just going to try to keep this going but I started to like gain a little more confidence as I went on just from like keeping it going I guess but Still going into the final four, I was like really scared because I saw Devin beat uh, Nate Pardo, who came second to me in season one, really early on. And I know that like on that course, one technical error can completely throw you off and screw up your whole run and you're out. Like after the wild card part of season two, if you lost, you were done. So there was definitely that pressure of like, you did well last season. If you don't, again, people will think it was a fluke because you almost lost a ton of your races. And like with, with the wild card, there were people being brought back early on. But after that, it was the same thing where like, if you lose, you can't come back from it. Even if like you had a really good run. Mm. So a lot more pressure, but I seem to get it well. Um, Absolutely. I was really, race but i think i did well under the pressure do you do you tell yourself something like do you have a mantra or or what do you what do you do to i guess squash any sort of self-doubt that you might be feeling um I knew that I was able to like do all of the obstacles and do them quickly. I had done the sky hooks before, which were the only like really hard obstacle to like get really flowy on. Mm. Um, so I knew like if I go for the big move, 
and get it, I'll probably be able to do it again. So the first two races, which are the ones that, like, if you lose no matter what, you get to be in, even without the wild card. I sent the link in both of those just to, like, make sure I had it. And then for the rest of the races, I was like, I just have to do this again, because if I don't, then I'll be scared for the next race to do it, because I fell. So I'm just going to try to, like, keep the progress moving, do it every single race, which ended up working in the end. Mm. But... Um, I used some technique on the cliffhanger, like the cliffhanger, it's, it had a really huge lip on it. So it was kind of like holding onto a bar. You just had to go to the side as fast as you could. Mm. And I'm using like a ton of salmon ladder and stuff like that. So I'm used to like holding onto bars and weird ways and stuff. So I was used to that like motion a little mm. bit mm. and I was able to do that pretty quickly. The dipper, um, there was actually like a small staircase leading up to it and I couldn't reach it from the lower step that everybody else could. So I had to like step a little bit forward and look behind me and pull it forwards, which took a little bit of extra time. But I think I was able to take the obstacles pretty well and use the pressure and all the technique on all of them as good as I could. Mm. I definitely think I could have if it was like outside of the competition because there's still that pressure where like, you want to go for the big moves, but nothing like too huge to where there's like a actually like big chance that you can mess up. Yeah. But I had some confidence going into it because I had like done most of the obstacles before, but it was, it was still weird to like send those in comp with all the big links and going as fast as you possibly can on a course like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess also you're going so fast that, you uh, you probably can't even stop to think about what you're doing because the other guy next to you is just going so quick. So if you if you, if if you just don't if you don't keep moving, um, yeah, I've always. I mean, I, I can't sp- I can't speak for you, but um, for myself, um, I've done some uh, racing uh, comps here in Australia, and I always find that my flow and everything's better. Maybe because. I, you, 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 there's no time to think. There's no time to, to worry about the obstacle. It's just go, 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 go. And I find for me personally that sometimes actually my moves that I wouldn't normally make traditionally end up being um, yeah. better and more refined. I think maybe just because of the pressure, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, one thing I'm interested in. I def- yeah, sorry. Let you respond. I definitely think that that helps. Um, I know for the show, Usually in courses, I like hesitate before I do things just to like make sure that I get it. But on a race, you don't really have time to do that. So yeah, it is like just going straight into things. But mm. I, I think the only thing really gets in your head in a side-by-side course like that is just the person next to you, like making sure that you focus on what you're doing and not looking over to see what they're doing. Because I've seen like a ton of people on the show, like on the sky hooks, they'll hop it and then look and see where the other person is and then like reach reach wrong and like grab it wrong they'll screw up their whole momentum start swinging sideways mm. so it's like make sure you're focusing on what you're doing and just be all in don't take any hesitation just go for it yeah no i 100 percent agree with you i yeah. i don't naturally check on what the other person's doing personally um maybe it's just because you're so focused on on, on what you're doing, but you know, if you are super focused on what you're doing, you kind of forget that the other person's there. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know how to teach people that, but, um, 
I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you've got that dialed in. Um, one thing I am interested to, to, um, to know is, you know, obviously with, with, you know, Ninja becoming uh, for, for your age group and, you know, for the kids coming up, becoming so competitive uh, and, you know, obviously with, with competition comes pressure and failure and self-doubt and whatnot. How were some of the other kids coping on the show? Um, with, you know, not getting through, with stuffing up? Um, what was the general, uh, I'm sure it was supportive, but ha- in your opinion, looking at some of the other kids, how were they coping with, 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 with dealing with everything? Um, there were a couple of different groups of kids. So like there would be one morning group and one afternoon group. So I didn't really see everybody at the same time because they had to like make sure too many people weren't there at once. Mm. But for all the people I saw, a lot of them took it really well. Um, I I wasn't there for the younger age groups. I was there for the 11 to 12 year olds, but not the youngest one. So there were some 11 to 12 year olds that I saw that were like really down about it, but I don't think they like got mad at anybody else or like had a really big like fuss about it. Mm. Um, I saw some, they would like just go in the back and keep doing some of the obstacles that they had in the warm up area. Um, some people would like listen to music on their headphones and stuff, but I don't think anybody really like took it too terribly and like got on other people's nerves for it or anything. So Mm -hmm. that was pretty nice to see how, like how great the sportsmanship was there and how supportive everybody else was when somebody fell like if somebody would be getting out of the water, the producers would give them a towel. They would walk back and everybody would like say good job and all that stuff to make them feel better. So it was just a really good environment to be in. Oh, that's really good to hear. Uh, that, did, that did cross my mind with, you know, how maybe some of these kids might've coped uh, with that sort of pressure with the camera. And, and, you know, obviously you want to make sure everyone has a positive experience. Um, but, you know, with, with, with the adults, uh, you know, I often talk about a lot of the adults who've never done Ninja before and they, they want to come on the show and they have no idea what they're in for. They have absolutely no idea. And, you know, the pressure gets to them and they get super nervous and they freeze and then they stuff up and, you know, might, they might fall on the first obstacle or second or whatever. Um, and, you know, it, it can really take a toll on, 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 on adults. So I was quite curious to know, how maybe the kids dealt with that, but I guess, you know, you're a part of the community. So, you know, you're growing up with yeah. it. You, you win some, you lose some. Uh, so I guess if you, if you've already done that in competition outside of the show, then you kind of already, you you're kind of ready for it. Um, which yeah. is, which is awesome. And, and of course you're meant to compete on, on season, season 12, which would have been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Had it, how did that, because I, I saw your post about it, but how, how did you feel getting that call? Because was it out of the blue? Like you had no idea that it was coming? Or did you? So I, I, I didn't know that I was going to get the call, but I heard rumors that like other people were, but it was never confirmed by anyone. Because again, like you're not, oh, the kids aren't allowed to like tell anybody that they've gotten the call until after because they want to like make it a big announcement for everybody at the same time. Yeah. But I had heard rumors they were going to call some of the kids and everything. And I was like, I, I don't know if I believe that. But then I was at the gym just training with some of the kids that I train with. And my mom and dad were like, hey, Vance, you, you're getting a phone call. So we all ran over there. 
and she told like everybody in the gym come over here this is big so I was kind of like is is this happening right now so I was like not really expecting but I was like is is this what's going on right now and then like right when I heard the voice on the phone I was like that sounds like it's Matt Eisman so I I, I think this does have something to do with the show <laughs> and then he told me how to compete on it and I was just all right, we're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors. Looking to start training like a ninja warrior or take your training to the next level? Well, look no further than Aussie Grip. Aussie Grip provides superior training grips made from pure polyurethane with stainless steel hardware that is corrosion resistant. And they provide free domestic shipping. Aussie Grip are the leading innovators of training grips in Australia. If you are ready to become a Ninja Warrior, use the code KADIM10 for 10% off your next purchase using the link in the show notes. Just like, wow. Like, I thought that after the kids show, I, I was too old to compete on that again. So I thought I was going to have to wait until I was 19 or wait for them to make like a teen show or something for me to be able to compete on or just like do some of the leagues to just prepare for the show. Mm. But I thought I was for a really long time so the second I got that call I was like wow this is insane because I was not expecting to be able to do it for a long time yeah absolutely how I mean obviously the you know everything didn't pan out uh I, I was actually meant to compete uh in the U.S. season as well because I'm a dual citizen so I had applied um so I was in LA when they when they said oh we're gonna pull we're gonna have to postpone how how were you processing that in in regards to like were you feeling confident were you feeling i mean obviously you hadn't seen any of the obstacles or anything but how are you mentally preparing for that um so right after i got done with A&W junior season two I actually went to Texas and stayed at my grandma's house for around four and a half months wow. to like take a break from Ninja, just like all of the pressure and everything that came with the show. Like I was just really tired and it felt like a lot was just going on. So I wanted to like take a break from it for a little bit. So while I was in Texas, I didn't really do anything. I didn't like have a pull up bar set up. I didn't do any push ups. I didn't like, go to the ninja gym or anything. So I took like four and a half months of just not really doing anything. Wow. And that was, I, I came back and started training again, probably like two months before I ended up getting the call. So I was like, I haven't trained in a really long time. So I really need to prepare for this because it's going to be filming in like a month or two. <laughs> so I really stepped up my training. That, but I wasn't really confident because I like had taken such a long break that I lost like most of my endurance. I had a lot of power still. I was still able to skip two on the salmon ladder and stuff like that. But if I tried to like do an endurance obstacle, I would not be able to get through it. So I lost a lot of my confidence right there. But uh, when it was delayed, it was originally supposed to be laid, delayed for like a month or two they hadn't really decided what was going to happen but they were like we'll push it back like probably a couple weeks and i was like okay this gives me a couple more weeks to like train i saw the course that was set up in la so i was like i'm probably going to train some obstacle similar to that because that's like what could be on the show for us 
So that gave me like a little bit more time to like make sure that I was ready and to get my mindset in the right place. But then it got like completely canceled. And I was like, well, I feel like I'm ready enough for maybe the qualifiers and city finals. And then you get a couple more months to train for like Vegas and stuff like that. Mm. So I was like, maybe I'm ready now. Like when it was supposed to be filming for the second time, but then they completely canceled it. And I was like, oh, well, that's really unfortunate. Like I, I would have really liked to have that opportunity, but I know in the long run it's probably better because I get a whole entire year to like make sure that I'm ready for it again. Cause mm. I, I would rather have um to wait and make sure that my first time on the show is good than go up there when I'm not ready and just completely destroy myself on the course. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I did wonder, I did wonder when I heard that, about the teens, it's like, I wonder how they're going to cope. Um, you know, I know a lot of the teens have already done the junior version, but I wondered maybe if the pressure would be too big. Um, but I, 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 when I look at a lot of you guys now and the way you train and also you're training and competing with the elite and often or not now uh, in the top three, uh, I, I've mm-hmm. changed that thought. And I think, yeah, and no, I think these guys will, I think these guys will be, be okay. And it'd be even funnier if they win. <laughs> it would be like, <laughs> it, it, it would make a lot of us question <laughs> if we, we should go into early retirement. <laughs> um, but no, that's, that's awesome. Uh, where I, and there's so many things to, to, to ask. What are you, what are you finding now maybe that you're, you're really trying to, to push and achieve for? Cause I mean, I, I do see your, your, your stories and a few of the other guys, and I feel like you guys have already pretty much achieved from a, I guess, movement, you know, you, you can do so much. Is there anything that you're trying to, to strive for? You're trying to push that you feel like you're not there yet. Um, originally my goal was to win the show and I, I did do that with the kids show, but that's not, it, it doesn't really count. It's not the million dollars. It's not the hard challenge. Like for the kids show, there was guaranteed somebody to win. And for the adult show, there isn't. So there's that like really extra challenge there. Yeah. But I've already accomplished a lot of my goals. I saw a couple of days ago, uh, this kid dressed up as me for Halloween. So that showed that my goal of like inspiring people to do Ninja and step up and try to achieve their dreams worked out. So that's awesome. I've already achieved a lot like trying to do, but I still really want to win the adult show and inspire people on there. Cause I know there are a lot of people that watch the adult show that don't watch the kids show mm. and a lot of them don't exist yet. So hopefully I can show myself on the big stage one day, but the main thing I'm working on right now is probably my mindset. Cause the national Ninja league and America, um, I've been to six elite comps, one every weekend for the last six weeks. And I've consistently come like third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, but not top two, which it takes to qualify. So I'm really just working on my mindset and like making sure I know that I can do the obstacles beforehand and like plan out my route for doing everything so that I can do it really efficiently and not make any stupid mistakes like going for the wrong thing, like making sure that I know that beforehand. Mm. and just confidence because a lot of times I've like gotten the place that everybody else got and if I got there the fastest I would have won 
but I got there probably the slowest out of anybody just from taking my time. Yeah. So probably working on most right now is like confidence during course runs and just getting my mindset in the right place and probably like technical moves. Like I, I'm really bad at bar placement, like flying bar and stuff like that. Really? So I'm really just working on that and like technical obstacles, efficiency. And I, I think I've gotten down like the grip strength stuff and the strength obstacles. I can do like cliffhangers pretty, pretty easily. I got like that book on my story that was, of the shape I can do some pretty insane stuff like that but like during comp I need to step it up and be more confident and go faster be more efficient and that's probably the main thing that I'm working on right now no that's fair that's fair I feel like I'm trying to catch up to you kids I'm only just really now trying to work on just trying to be able to link things in general so just body body placement and everything I mean, it's one of those things where you probably don't have to be able to do it, but you know, you're right. If you want to take it to the next level where everyone else is at, you need to, you need to start, you know, your body awareness needs to be on another level. And if you don't take it there, then you, like you said, you're always going to be six, seventh or whatever. That's for me, <laughs> six, seventh, eighth. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to be able to creep in for me into a, you know, sort of top five position, um, which I think is, I think is doable. Uh, I've got some questions from some people uh, from a few days ago. Um, one, what does it say here? It says, have you, have you had any struggles you've had to overcome as a kid? And we can just say as a younger, younger kid. <laughs> I don't know if I've had any struggles like specifically because of my age, maybe like not being allowed to compete with the adults for so long might've been one of them. Like, I was able to, um, in my region, maybe not on a national level, but I was able to win a lot of the local comps pretty easily. And I like wanted to compete with the adults and like have that challenge to like push myself and get better. And I really wasn't able to just cause I was so young. Mm. But besides that, I don't have challenges like specifically because of my age, but I was born with cerebral palsy in my legs. So I've never been flexible in my legs. It, it affects my whole body, but not, a lot it's mostly just in my legs but like during the build on Friday I was standing up all day from nine until probably around seven at night and that night like my legs were constantly twitching around midnight my legs started like cramping even though I was drinking like a ton of water wow so that still it, it doesn't affect me too much during courses unless there's things like a jumping spider or sometimes balance obstacles i'm not able to like keep my legs really steady during courses but i've worked through that a lot i go to physical therapy every once in a while to like gain strength and flexibility in my legs to be able to do that stuff mm. but besides that i don't have any like really big challenges just growing up and being a kid in ninja yeah well, i mean damn that's that's still that's still something man um I'm glad you've uh, yeah. got on top of that because I can imagine that, that that could, yeah, like you said, that could be uh, and I guess you don't find that that affects you on the warped wall or anything. I guess not. I mean, you can do an 18 foot or so. <laughs> um, it actually, it, it's basically your brain doesn't tell your muscles like when to grow. So I have to really stretch my legs out for the muscles to like grow with the bones. Um, so when I was like, 
18 months old, I think. That's when I was first diagnosed with it. So they gave me braces for my legs to like stretch them during the day. And while I was asleep, it would like pull my ankle almost like completely down to my uh, shin to really stretch that muscle out. So wow, the problem that it gives me is stability, but not really on a normal day. I think in comp, I feel it a lot more if there's like a slow bounce off of school because my legs already shake a little bit, but when I'm nervous, they like really shake. So slow bounce is really hard for me in competitions. Mm. But I think for things like ball, it actually might help because it gives you that like fast twitch in your legs and they're really tight. So you're able to like sprint faster, have more powerful steps. Yeah. It definitely doesn't help the spider, but I think for wall, like powerful stuff with your legs, it kind of does because it keeps them tight. You don't have to like push your legs as much to get it fully compressed. So mm. I think that it does help, but others it makes it like a lot more difficult. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can I can only imagine. I mean, my my excuse is I'm just really short, but you know I can't I can't keep using that. <laughs> um, what was that? Sorry. I'm not the tallest person either. I'm five five, so. Hey, but you, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna keep growing. You're only fifteen. I've, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think after watching um, uh, um, on the season, I only know his uh, Nate. Nate. Um, I think uh, him and I are the same height. And uh, after watching him, I'm like, nah, there's no excuse anymore. It's uh, he's he's got to be better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that, that- during the qualifying course, that was inspirational to watch. Oh, it was so awesome. It was impressive. All right, I've got a question here. I'm not going to say who it's from, uh, but we, we'll see We'll see if you guess this one right. It says, ask him who is his favorite ninja is. Ooh. I don't know who would ask that, but uh, my favorite ninja... I don't know if I have a specific favorite, but. Well, before you answer, before, before you answer, I'll give you, I'll just give you a hint. So you make sure you say the right name begins with K. Okay. Ooh. Is it Kevin? It's not Kevin. No, no, it's not Hmm. Kevin. I don't know. Um, He's going to be disappointed. <laughs> I know a lot of people. It's hard to think of them off the top of my tongue. Okay. But, uh, he lives in Texas. Oh, Kai. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had to, I had, I had, yeah. to, I had, to, I had to ask that one and I had to make sure you get the right answer or else I think you'd be in trouble. <laughs> okay. Um, well, he's, he's probably my favorite adult Texas ninja, but my top four favorite adult ninjas, it's got to be, ooh, it's hard to pick. I'll go with top five. <laughs> There's Status and Brett Sims because they were my first two coaches. Kevin Carbone because he taught me how to build obstacles and he's helped me with all the obstacles in my backyard. He taught me how to do everything and he's the person that I'm building that rig with right now. Yeah. And then Will Johnson, he's my current coach. And Devin, he's also my current coach. That's so fair. those are probably my top ninjas. Oh, that's fair. I mean, they've had huge impact uh, on your life. So that's, uh, that's yeah. totally fair. 
is a good one uh, from my friend Perry. Um, what are your goals slash dreams in life outside the world of Ninja? Ooh. If you've thought that far ahead. Um, um, I really like cars. So one of my goals is to have like a really big car collection. I want to hopefully be rich enough to have like this big garage to hold all my cars in. I really want a Rolls Royce Dawn and uh, besides that, I really love Teslas. So probably a Tesla Roadster. Those are like the two cars that I want most. Um, okay. I can see that. that. My uncle does uh, private equity where it, it's basically Shark Tank, but in real life. So he like okay. goes and buys companies and grows them and then sells them for more. So I really want to do that because I really enjoy investing. And that's nice. just that on a much bigger scale. So I already invest a little bit. I own a little bit of Bitcoin and Ethereum. So I'm already starting onto that path, but hopefully I'll be able to get to where my uncle is one day because he's been pretty successful in that. So probably just owning a big car collection and doing some investing and hopefully starting my own company one day. Amen, man. We share the same goals. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, uh, I think this, uh, off, off topic of Ninja, I think, uh, this whole crisis has really taught me or has shown me, you know, you cannot rely on a job, uh, or you, 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 you really need to understand money and you really need to understand your finances and how to, you know, be able to make money and, and have an income without the reliance of a, you know, a specific job. So I think, I think, yeah, understanding investing and, and, and finance is probably the most important thing any, any person can learn. And that's the thing. Anyone can learn it. Like, it's not like it's not rocket science. Any human can, 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 can do that. So that's, that's really awesome. Last one from uh, this guy named Griffin. He makes some really awesome artwork. Maybe you've received something from him. Uh, tips on the vertical limit. Do you have any tips? Um, I don't really know. I'm not the best person at vertical limit. My wrists are like really unflexible. So it hurts to hold on to that for a long time. But I'd say probably the biggest part of it is just the grip strength in general. So practice a lot of cliffhangers. If you can get like two by twos at your local like convenience store, or wherever you get those, um, set up some cliffhangers, have them getting smaller. And if you can, like, cut them to custom sizes. I have a cliffhanger outside where I have some two-inch cliffhangers, a one-and-a-half-inch cliffhanger, a one-inch cliffhanger, a half-inch cliffhanger, quarter-inch cliffhanger, all that stuff so I can, like, progressively get to the edges. And then eventually when they're too small for you to hold on to them like that, you switch around and do them like a vertical limit so you just keep going on those one-inchers and just get smaller and smaller. And if you're already on the smallest you can get to, just practice going back and forth like as long as you can, holding on to it as long as you can. Mm. Um, I, I super often, but that's, in my opinion, probably the best way to get better at them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, one thing I've realized with the vertical limit uh, or anything that's super intense is pinky strength. I feel like my pinky is the first thing to slip off. And then once the pinky goes, the rest of the fingers 
start to peel. So uh, Griffin, I don't know if you're listening or going to listen. Um, pinky strength, practice being able to pinch uh, with your pinky. Um, one thing I'm curious to know is, you know, uh, you seem to be, you seem to travel around a lot um, for training and comps. How do you manage school and ninja? I'm assuming there's probably a few other ninjas that have that same not issue, but you know, I guess you have to work out how to balance it. Uh, how do you do it? Do you get time well, off? Up until I went to public school, so I didn't have time to go to any competitions or anything. Every once in a while, I'd like take a Friday off just to go somewhere and then have to be back by the Monday that school mm. started back on. Mm. But for the last years, I've done online school. So okay. I usually, I'm, I'm usually home from Tuesday to Thursday. So I have two to three days to like do all of my work for the week and I can do it whenever I want to. So as long as I get it done by the deadline, I can finish it. But usually on Monday and Tuesday, I like to finish all of my work for the rest of the week on those couple of days so that I have time to like leave whenever I want to and be there for the weekend. So I don't have to like worry about school. But every once in a while, there will be like so many assignments for that week that I'll have to just take my computer with me. And I can always like go to like a Starbucks and get on the Wi-Fi there and then just do it for a couple hours there and just make sure that I have it done by the deadline. But I don't have to like be at school for most of the day. So I can flex my schedule a little bit to be able to go to all those comps. That's crazy. I didn't know you could do that. I mean, obviously, I know everything's been on Zoom and everything, but that's with normal school. I yeah. didn't know there was uh, online high school. That's that's pretty cool. When when did you when did you or why did you did you choose to do that because you wanted to train more? Like, like how did that how did that how did that happen? Well, I've been trying to convince my mom to do it for a couple of years, just because I've wanted to go to all the competitions. And I was never able to in public school. Mm. But up until two years ago when I started to actually do it, she never really thought about actually doing it because you have to pay a little bit extra to be able to like access the courses online. And um, yeah, I finally got and she's not too happy about paying the extra price, but I'm glad that I'm able to. But before that, I didn't. I, I still went to the ninja gym every day at like after school, but I was never really able to travel like outside of that. Mm. But yeah, it, it it's working out a little bit. Not the greatest, but you have to do school, so it's probably the best option for me right now. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean. If you can get, I would much rather, I would much rather like do it exactly like that. It's like university, right? You're, you're basically, you're basically already at uni. Think of it like you're already at university. I mean, you've got your online lectures and you've got your classes. So if you can line up all your lectures to be in one day, and then if you can line up all your, your classes to be on one day, then, you know, you fit a potentially a whole week worth of school into two days. Um, and then if you need to study or anything, you know, you try and, I, I know I try and compress it when I was at school. So I'm a bit like you, I'd rather have everything, everything nice like and, to do. yeah, nice and compact. That's really, really cool. So, uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, 
you know, you're traveling around. Is, is, is that, is your parents contributing to that or are you, is it, you know, maybe you're winning comps and stuff. And I, I know you guys do a lot more with prize money and stuff. So are you almost supporting your, your, are you able to support your own, as I guess, career um, or, or is parents helping you out? A bit of My both. parents are helping me out. I have to pay for like the rig that I built outside. I had to pay for all of the wood for that. I have to pay for all of the holds and everything. I have to pay for all the stuff that I do. But when That's it comes fair. to plane tickets, um, every once in a while, it, it, it depends on where we're going and how early we get the tickets. Because if you get them like two months before we end up going to the competition, they're, they end up being really cheap. So if mm -hmm. they're like cheap enough, my parents will pay for them, but if we're going somewhere that's like $400 a plane ticket, I'll have to contribute a little bit to it. And yeah, they, they pay for most of the stuff, like the gym membership and going most places. But when it comes to like building stuff and getting obstacles for me to train on, I have to do all of that myself. And, and how do you, how do you support Yes. Do you support yourself mainly through competition or do you, do you work as well? What do you do? What do you do for money? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> um, I've made a bit of money from competitions, but I haven't really spent any of that. I've made a couple thousand dollars off of investing. Um, I put some money into Ethereum a couple years ago and I made $2,000 off of that. Wow. And I put those 2000 back into Bitcoin probably like two months ago and I've made another thousand off of that. So I use some of the money from investing to buy some stuff. And I, I'm not much of a spender. I like to like save my money because I really want to get a cool car one day. So I want to be able to have enough money for that. <laughs> but up until probably a couple weeks ago, I didn't really spend any of my money, but um, I've always had to pay for my own wood. So to have a course at all, I needed to get some of that stuff. Around two weeks ago, I ordered my first holds, like ninja holds off of Monstro and 3Ball and a couple other websites so that I would have like some harder stuff to do because it's not the most necessary thing, but I would still like to have them just to train on. Mm. So I, I have to pay for all that stuff. And what I did is I came in third place at Motive and I got $75 from that. So I immediately went to the hold site, found two holds that added up to $75 and just used the money from that to get that. Nice. And the $300 that I won from coming first place in NNL finals a couple of years ago, I have my basement over there. Uh, I'm in the basement right now, but there's like an open area in my basement. I used the $300 to build some stuff in there. I used probably around $700 maybe of my money from A&W Jr. to build the rig that I have out there. Mm. And my YouTube channel, I've made a couple thousand dollars off of that. So I'm able to pay for some stuff with that. And that helped me to like get enough stuff to train to win more comps. But I usually just like with motive, the prize money that I get for that comp, I just immediately put it back in if I can. Man, you're going to be very successful. Even if you were not to win Ninja, if that didn't happen, I, you're going to do very well. Uh, if you maintain with, with, I wish I had your mindset at 15 than I do now and, you know, nearly 30 years old, well, I'm like 27. Um, I mean, I've always been a saver. I think I've been taught that, but to be, 
going so hard into it now, uh, going so hard at your age, um, it's super duper impressive. Have you invested most of your, your prize money or have you just let your parents sort of keep it out of your hands? <laughs> um, I have my own investment account and all of the money that I won from American Ninja Warrior Jr. was put into that. So I have control over it. It's in my name. So I could invest all of it if I wanted to, but I only have a couple thousand invested right now just because it's kind of risky right now with the pandemic going on. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. So I'm a couple actual stocks, but not really in the actual stock market just because it's kind of crazy right now. So I put probably 99% of my investments right now into Bitcoin and Ethereum because they're like, they go with the stock market a little bit, but it's kind of like anti-inflation. So as the price of the dollar, like once $1 is closer to 90 cents, it goes way up. It's to balance it out a little bit. So I have $3,500 worth of Bitcoin right now. So it's not, it's, it's, all of the stuff that I want from American Ninja Warrior Jr. But I, I don't want to like risk putting all of it in and losing a lot of it. So, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fair. Obviously everything going on right now across the board, pandemic, politically, everything is, is having an impact on the, on the, on the market. Um, yeah. Obviously this podcast wasn't meant to turn into a, an investment <laughs> investment podcast, but I did. I definitely have a keen interest in, 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 in watching the market at the moment. And, and uh, yeah, I've been yeah. fortunate. I, I was able to use some of my um, over here. We're allowed to take out some of our, I guess, retirement money because of the pandemic. Um, and I took that and I put it into the market and I've done okay um, from that. So I'm, 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 just as much interested in it probably as you are. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't want to turn this into an investment podcast because then it moves away from it just it'd be end up you and I just talking non probably nonstop about, <laughs> about our investments, which I don't think people, yeah. people want to hear about. But uh, Vance, thank you. Thank you so much for, for making this happen. I, I've really enjoyed this and it's really, it's really nice hearing um, your journey and, and, you know, what you've achieved so far already at, you know, at 15 years old, which I'm still scratching my head at. Uh, and, you know, I think you're going to do very well. And if there is, a, I'm assuming there'll probably be an A&W 13, obviously. Um, and I'm sure they'll, they will, they will get back those teens and get you back on. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you're going to bring. It's going to be amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, all right, man. Well, yeah, we'll probably end it on that, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'll let you know when I, when I put this out and, um, yeah, man, thank, thanks for the chat. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No worries, buddy. Take care. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to today's episode on The Way of the Ninja podcast. If you would like to be kept in the loop, please subscribe today. If you would like to help support the podcast and help us grow, please consider becoming a Patreon member today. There is a link in the show notes or else you can go directly to our Instagram page at 52 ninja